0: The main practice of this weekend is to let things be as they are, to allow, to relax into, to open into present moment experience. To that way of looking, to that way of being presence, present. I also called it compassionate abiding. I want to add uh, three flavors. The first one is the compassion, the compassionate abiding. So the mindfulness which we practice here is more, uh, a better word here would be heartfulness. So we are not just looking at at our experience with a kind of Neutral, clinical, just noticing. But uh, we try to introduce a flavor of heartwarmedness, of kindness, of softness, of tenderness. And one way to do that is what we did this morning to call upon the Buddhas, to call upon one's teacher. And that's what I'm doing now. So I call upon all the bodhisattva and angels to fill this meeting with her presence. I call upon His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Lama Sopa, other teachers, Buddhist, non-Buddhist, men and women. And obviously when I call upon them, I actually call upon my own Buddha nature, my own potential for kindness, for softness, for tenderness, for wisdom. So the angels, they are just symbols, archetypical symbols of something which is our birthright. But for some people it makes uh, sense to have a bit of maybe a visual image or like a sense in the body that you're surrounded by beings of light who love you and who look after you. You can see that some of you are in your rooms, you have images of that, so it's very helpful to be reminded of the always presence and activity of the enlightened mind, of the enlightened heart within and around us. So the second aspect of that kind of looking into the content of our experience is wisdom. And the wisdom here regarding two things. The first one is we acknowledge that whatever appears, appears within consciousness, within awareness, is an appearance within consciousness, within awareness. And that that appearance is conditioned, so it means it's impermanent, it's non-static, it's changing. So it is the insight into anicca or anicca impermanence, the non-static nature. Everything which comes will go again because it's conditioned phenomena. So, in the image of the swirling autumn leaves, that is emphasizing the flow, emphasizing the change, emphasizing the permanent, non static, non-static, energetical. aspect characteristic of these appearances and it is an appearance within consciousness within mind within our realms, like a dream and the second part of wisdom is uh, the wisdom recognizing emptiness or openness so that refers to the inside to the the direct seeing that the movements within conditioned mind they don't have any meaning from their side you give them the meaning they have for you an energy in your body which you call anxiety or heaviness. If you look, then there is no anxiety in there. There is no heaviness in there. So you look or you try to look at the content of your experience without labeling it because it is the function of labeling, which is a function of the conceptual mind, which makes the experience into what, into that, what it is for you. So what is that, which you usually call anxiety, what is there actually? So you look at that, what is there actually? Okay, anxiety, it's a word, a word is not a problem, it's just a word. I could also call it pudding, But what is there actually? This is easily said, but it's difficult because we are—we're living in—we we are not living in the world really. We are living only in our stories and in, in our conceptions and in our in, in the labeling. We are not in touch with reality, we are in touch what the conceptual mind, what the labeling process makes out of reality. And then we confuse that with reality. So compassionate abiding means to bring this understanding with you into the meditation, And of course, right now, it's also still a story and just words. Yeah, but meditation is a way then to actually see, to actually see that whatever appears has no substance in itself, has no meaning in itself. This moment as it is, is gloriously meaningless. Completely meaningless. There is no meaning at all. This moment is completely free. Gloriously free. And then it's up to you what meaning you give. The the emptiness view, or this union of tenderness and wisdom, of caring and wisdom, that's the loving gaze of Avalokiteshvara, the Buddha of compassion, Shinraising. It is both love and wisdom. That, of course, also, and we will look into that more deeply tomorrow, of course, that is also true for the one who is looking. Also the one who is looking, the eye, the observer, the witness, is empty, is unfindable. There's nothing there. It's like a rainbow vividly appearing, but there's nothing to hold on to, there's nothing in there. It's just an empty appearance. There is an appearance and this appearance matters and is important because it makes us suffer or it makes us happy. Like a dream can make you suffer and can make you happy, it works. How does it work? It works as a dream. That's how it works. So, The same, a memory or a story of the past where you were hurt. It's completely empty. There's nothing there. It's not real in that way. But it exists. And it can hurt you. How can it hurt you? Because it is fabricated. It is made up. That's how it hurts you. So it matters it matters but not really it is important and we can honor it but not really the rainbow is a good uh, a good image here because when we have an appearance of a rainbow we naturally bring wisdom into it in the sense that we have figured out that it doesn't make sense to run there and try to cut out a piece of the rainbow. So, and there's wisdom there because we understand this is a fleeting moment. It comes and it goes. We can enjoy it, but you know we don't make a big drama around a rainbow. We can enjoy it, it's beautiful, it is a beautiful appearance, but we can't hold it, yeah? and we know it. So a rainbow is a good example how we have the capacity to relate to something beautiful without grasping, without attachment, because we have realized that's silly to try to catch a part of the rainbow or something like that actually we know closer we get to the rainbow it will disappear so that's a possibility to have a kind of intention for this coming session to Regard experiences, whatever appearance you have, like a rainbow, with that kind of wisdom. And also with that kind of awe with with that kind of wow I'm happening. It's amazing. I will never figure this out. But still, I'm happening, and I'm happening, and I'm happening, and I'm happening. And what is happening, that is not that important. That will come and go. That will change by itself. So let's sit quietly with that. If you adjust your posture a bit, remind yourself again that you are sitting on your Vajra seat under your Bodhi tree on, on sacred earth. So you're assuming the place as practitioner, as a spiritual warrior, meaning there's this commitment in the posture of being here and staying, being loyal to who you are and what you bring with you and what is happening being loyal this is me this is what is happening this is my life as it is just now and i'm here i taking my seat in the midst of it and i can do it because i'm supported by the group by the buddhas but also by my own strengths, by the strengths of my body. And I'm willing to open, soften, and that might show in the front of your body. So your chest is open, your belly is open. You're willing to be vulnerable to the present moment as it is. And then it might be helpful to also take the breath as a place to return to as an anchor. It is not necessary, but if it's helpful, then you bring it bit into the foreground. again with the in-breath, emphasizing, sliding down into the felt sense of your body, embracing. Holding softly, touching gently. And then with the out breath, emphasizing the quality of letting go, of giving space, of balloons, getting into the sky, floating up. So that with the out breath, you can soften a bit in the belly and in the shoulders. Soften the resistance, the tensing against, appreciating that we are together that we're breathing into the same space and then being with the experience as it is might also open The acknowledgement of the space, of the stillness, of the vastness of this moment. The timelessness of this moment. The openness of this moment. So we are aware of the contents and of the space at the same time. And you sink in. And again, whatever you experience is an appearance within within awareness, within consciousness, within mind. And in that way it is just like a dream. So the appearances are made from the same stuff as your dreams are made of. turning and resting and then bringing the first part of the wisdom the wisdom the view of wisdom and that is the non-static nature the permanence the flowing, vibrant quality of SAM, of the conditioned level of mind. So even if a certain mood stays over the length of a session, or a heaviness, or peace. Still, moment by moment, it is changing, vibrating. It's non static. There's no substance in it. Like a rainbow stays also for a while, but there's no substance in it. It's vibrating, it's changing, moving. It's already in the process of fading away. So, whatever is in the foreground of your experience, the breath something else in the body, thoughts, feelings. Letting it be as it is, and recognizing the non-static nature. Turning and resting. And the second part of the wisdom is that these appearances within consciousness, they are empty. They have no substance in it. They have no meaning in them. So if you notice felt sense in your body, something which is already somewhat in the foreground could be emotional, could be be physical so you notice it's non-static nature but also that it has no meaning so what is it without words? what is it without stories? what's the energy? And then you rest. Of course, the meaning-making habit will continue to arise, but you just notice that. Let it go again. And if you're doing that, then there might be a glimpse, there might be a taste of that which is bigger than all of that, the space within which all this is happening, awareness of awareness. Being conscious about being conscious. Is peace here? Not even a little tiny bit. The stillness here. Space. Openness. This presence here, that's where you rest, that's where you sink into, where you dissolve Returning, resting, whatever you experience is an empty appearance within consciousness, vividly appearing like a rainbow, made from the stuff your dreams are made of. And then there is fathomless presence, fathomless silence, timeless space. Beingness, infinity, unity, peace. That doesn't mean that the experience becomes peaceful. We become aware of the primordial peace, the natural peace, the uncreated peace. the peace which comes with love and wisdom. What is it without words? Yes, and then we slide out of this in your own pace. Maybe it's possible in that transition to looking, and not immediately to collapse into, I'm here, I'm this body, and I look at the world which is out there, independent. Uh, but that is. That spaciousness still, that openness, that also what you see is an empty appearance within consciousness within awareness. Now well, the image you see when you open your eyes it's in the same place and it is made of your dreams. You could say it's in the same part of the brain if you want to localize it. And it's exactly that part where your dream images are. So it is valid, actually, to say that this moment is happening within me. It's a bit radical to say it, but it's valid to say it. The, it's, the appearance of this moment definitely is happening within you. You could even just argue from a neuropsychological psychological point of view. Everything is within me. short break soon, but I want to comment uh, to the question. I I forgot to ask it, but uh, it's about, the question says, my feeling that came up that I'm not good enough comes with a memory that I don't want to let go of, but I would like to let, let go of that feeling. So we could reflect a bit upon uh, how to relate to painful memories Uh, in general, but also uh, it's one of the things which are happening in meditation. So it's very common what happens in meditation is that things from the subconscious, which finally might have some space to be recognized to be acknowledged to be felt that they come up it's a very common experience it's part of the healing and purification process of meditation that we actually co- that we are sitting that we create a container through the practice where unfelt feelings can come can can emerge from the subconscious mind from the body. So, and I think we can apply some of the things we have already explored in our meditations here. And this is also, I think, part of every trauma-related healing work. And that is there needs a time for just feeling the feelings. I think there is no way to let go of something, to forget something, to let it behind you without feeling the feelings. That makes it challenging meditation yeah? because we might still hope that meditation is about not feeling the difficult feelings. Kind of healing the hurt, healing the trauma without feeling it. just cutting it out like a uh, like a cancer cutting it out and throwing it away. And in that process, we bring the tenderness into it. We bring the breathing practice into it. We bring wisdom into it, knowing the non-static nature. Appreciating that a memory is just that. It's just a memory. It's, it's a story. I'm not saying oh, it's just a story, so it doesn't matter. No, no, it is It is just a story, but it matters, obviously, because it hurts. But it is a story. There's no, I mean, the past is finished, right? There's no reality to that except the story. It's not here. And there could be a bit of appreciation also that definitely it wasn't like that. What we call memories of the past is very unreliable. Then... we could also add something to that memory so let's say it is a memory of the of the little girl which feels alone in the world nobody loves her so that's the memory and Again, first step, really stepping into the shoes of that little girl and feeling her feelings. But then, from the grown-up woman now, from the grown-up man now, uh, we can... Give her what she needed back then. So we don't change the memory, but we change the feelings we associate with that memory. And we change them by feeling them, That's the first, so with that we kind of take the the locked energy out of it, the suppressed feeling, the suppressed energy, the suppressed vitality. And we open that by feeling the feelings. Something we couldn't do back then, no. For the little girl, it was life-threatening to feel alone. There was no way that she could feel all the feelings, it was too much. The only way to survive that was to disassociate, to not feel the feelings. But now you are big, you grow grow up, and you have the Buddhas around you. And then starting to give her what she needed. starting to give yourself what you needed or starting to give what the felt sense of the little girl in your body needs so that slowly, slowly when the memory comes up which it might, or it might not because sometimes when we have really integrated something, we have brought some healing into it, some forgiveness, then that memory might't have no reason anymore to turn up. But if it comes up instead of being a reason to go into a spiral downward and identifying with and being overwhelmed by the associated feeling with a certain memory, suddenly the same memory becomes a reason for tenderness, for caring, for love, for healing. So you keep the memory, but it has a completely different meaning. You associate, you condition a different set of feeling around it, and to deconditioning yourself, that takes time. Yeah, so it's not enough to just you know. Shortly, s- tell another story, and and then and then you make a kind of decision so from now on I will think about this in this way so to decondition that's the power of conditioning it just has its own power it's its own it just runs it's just it's set in motion long time ago and there's a big habit in your neuronal pathways to go along that highway so to decondition yourself from a certain association, that takes time, but it is possible. This maybe gives you also a bit of an idea how um, compassionate abiding as a practice is actually a very powerful healing method it's actually one of the ways how we can go through a process of therapy but you are your own therapist you do the internal family therapy and the true self is the therapist. And what's the main job of a therapist? As Car Rogers says, unconditional positive regard. That's the main job of a therapist. That's actually what heals in a therapeutic relationship. It's not the tools. It's not what's being said. It's not what you do. It's the field of unconditional positive regards. In other words, a field of kindness, a field of compassion, a field of love. That's what is the main factor, the main healing factor. And sometimes we just can't do it ourselves. So then... We need to borrow the heart of another person. We need to borrow the gentle look of another person. We need to have someone who helps us to create that container where your pain can be held. But with a lot of things, with a lot of stuff within us, we we are able to be our own therapist.